Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. On today's show, Taylor takes us through her three contrasting births. Experiencing severe birth trauma after her second child that sent her into a turbulent postpartum, Taylor was shocked to learn that other women around her had similar experiences. When she eventually surrendered to the choice of having their third child, she deeply felt there had to be another way and ultimately decided to birth her baby where she felt the safest, at home. Taylor takes us on the spiritual healing journey she went on to reclaim power over her body and birth. Enjoy the episode. Hi Taylor, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here. Hi Sky, thanks for having me. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yep, so um, like you said, my name is Taylor and I live on the south coast of New South Wales, so a couple of hours um, south of Sydney. I have three kids, um, two boys and uh, a girl, and I have been with my husband for 12 years this year. We're high school sweethearts. And were your pregnancies planned? Uh, so my daughter, I fell pregnant with her when I was 18. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a surprise. Um, like we weren't, we weren't planning, but we were at the same time. Um, but it was, yeah, it wasn't an accident, I should say. Um, when I found out that I was pregnant, we were planning on waiting until I had finished my traineeship and, um, I was currently doing a three year, I mean, a cert three in hospitality. And I had gone off my contraception in the hope of, you know, once we were ready, it was going to be out of my system, thinking that it was going to take a while to fall pregnant. And we had had sex once without a condom. And then I found out, um, you know, my next cycle didn't come. (laughs) And I remember thinking, oh, maybe it's just because I've gone off my contraception. Maybe that's why it's late because it was always every single Monday morning I would start bleeding. 
and it didn't come a couple of days later. I was like, I think I should probably take a pregnancy test. And lo and behold, I was pregnant. So I had been 18 for five months. So it was like, I really didn't get to oh experience too much of that. Yeah. So what was that experience um, like for you being so young? Yeah. So I just had no idea what to expect. And I think everybody around me, I just literally done what I was told. I had no idea. I had no one around me that was having babies. Um, you know, the only people that had given birth was my mother-in-law and my mum who were telling me, you know, and obviously so much had changed um, since they had given birth. Mm. So I just done what my doctor told me. I went to the doctor that I had seen basically my whole life and, um, yeah, I just done what I was told and did not look into birth whatsoever. It wasn't until – I've had a pretty stock standard pregnancy until 29 weeks when I had a bleed and I was rushed to Randwick Hospital Um, and they had said that – um, because I had a low-lying placenta as it was moving up, it had formed some clots and the clots had erupted during sex. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I thought was really strange. So I didn't get put on bed rest or anything like that. They just told us to stop having sex. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> so I went back to work and everything was fine. They just wanted to monitor because they had said that she was um, a little bit on the smaller side. So at around 35 and 38 weeks, um, they gave me some, I had some scans and between those weeks she had put on like barely any weight according to the scan. So it was a Friday when I had my last scan and I remember the sonographer turning around and like with the most judgment in her eyes as well, she was like, are you smoking? And I was like, no. She's like, your baby has not put on any weight since your last scan two weeks ago. And I was like, well, that's why I'm here so that we can see how her growth is. And because we were young, I was like, she's totally judging us right now. And I went to see my doctor the following Monday. And I'll never forget going in and he was like, well, sonographer called me on Friday afternoon and she was very concerned. Um, I'm going to call the hospital right now and see how busy they are. We're going to book you in for an induction this afternoon. If we don't get this baby out now, it's going to die. Like so matter of factly. Luckily, Mm. I was so naive and I had no idea what was going on. I was just kind of like. Oh, cool! I get my baby today. Of course, yeah. So it didn't the the full extent of what was going on didn't really hit me, mm. um, which is Blessing probably a good thing about being young and naive. Yeah, yeah. totally. Because <laughs> I really could have worked myself into a state. Yeah. So anyway, I, I got induced, and it was a hard and fast labor. I had her the next morning. Um, it was a little bit touch and go when I birthed her. They had a, the vacuum, the delivery, um, but I'd had gas basically from like midnight up until I'd given birth to her about 10.30. So by the time I actually birthed her, I was so out of it. And like, I was literally high and I just was so out of my body and they just threw this baby on me and I just like laid there like, oh God, thank God it's over. And she was tiny. She was 2.1 kilos. So she was very little. Yeah. So obviously there was some things going on there apparently my placenta was crap so the doctor said but yeah I don't know the extent of it um I was just kind of like glad that she was out and um so then following on to my birth um, with my son two years later we were like yep we're ready for another one you know we wanted two kids that was we always planned for two kids you know we were married at this point and I was a little bit older 
So I think I went into this when it was planned. I remember um, Valentine's Day in 2017, I found out that I was pregnant and we had fallen very easily again, very blessed that we were able to fall pregnant so easily and so quickly and I think I went into this pregnancy basically all I care about is being present and like actually being able to take in that moment like I didn't get that with my daughter so I went into the the pregnancy like as long as I don't get induced and I have a drug-free birth I will be fine Um, Again, I didn't really look too much into pregnancy. I didn't really have a plan like I did with my first daughter. Um, And, yeah, I just had a basic uh, pregnancy. There was nothing wrong. Um, I done all my appointments, had, um, I had a beautiful doctor actually, I had shared care. So through the hospital and then with my doctor and I loved my appointments with her, but then I would hate going to the hospital and seeing like a random midwife or a random doctor and waiting hours with, you know, my two-year-old running around. Um, So I hated that part of the hospital experience and I think that that also plays a part in where I ended up with my next birth. So it came to I was uh, a couple of days off my, you know, estimated due date and I had actually gotten sick. So I was so exhausted, you know, coming to the end of my pregnancy and I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore on my own with my daughter. So I had called my husband like in tears saying like, you need to have the day off. Like I can't do this. I'm so sick. I'm so tired. I need you to help me. And he's like, babe, I can't. I'm, you know, I'm about to have X amount of weeks off. I can't have the day off. So I was so upset and I called my mum, you know, three hours away and I was like, mum, I need you to come down. I, I like, I literally need you. So she did. She came down that afternoon, made the three hour trip and I actually had a doctor's appointment the next day. So she came with me to that. So it's a day off my due date and the doctor, I didn't really mesh well with her. It was just at our, um, at the local hospital close to us, um, in a 35 minute drive. I saw her, she's like, oh, baby's head's engaged. Like if you want, uh, I can give you a stretch and sweep. And at that point, like I didn't want to do that, but because I was sick and my mum was down, I was like, let's try and get this baby out before mum has to go home. She always planned on being there at the birth. Yeah. So I allowed to have the stretch and sweep. And now in hindsight, I'm like, that was a form of induction. And that was like what I never wanted. So she gave me the stretch and sweep and I remember it being the so most painful. painful. I did not expect it either. Yeah. I was just like, they'll just go in and get cramping. And I said to her, like, what are the chances of me going into labor? And she's like, oh, it's about a 50-50. So I was like, okay, I have 50% chance of going into labor within the next 48 hours. Like, let's do everything and get this baby out. So we'd gone home. Um, I had had spicy food for dinner, like done all the typical ways of trying to induce um labor and you know walking up and down the hill that we lived on um had sex I had this little cloth um that was covered in clary sage and I was like sniffing it like a drug addict like (laughs) trying to get this baby out so it obviously worked because the next morning it was about 2 a.m I woke up and I had some slight cramping and I didn't know what natural labor felt like even though you know I was a little bit induced Uh, so I kind of didn't know what to expect and 
I laid awake and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going into very early stages of labour. And I was, like, laying awake and I just got too excited. It was 2 a.m. and I, like, started counting these, like, mild cramps <laughs> that I started to get, you know, just like the typical, um, you know, period-like cramps. And it, I'd lay there awake for hours and hours until it got to about 6 a.m. And I woke up and I woke my mom up and I was like, I think that I'm in labor. And so we called my mother-in-law who was coming down to watch um, my daughter while we all went to the hospital. So she came down and it was about 9 a.m. at this point And I remember sitting there and looking around and everyone was just staring at me, mm. waiting for something to happen and I was like okay called the hospital and like you can we'll just check you and you know you can see what you want to do and I was like okay yep let's go because I don't want to sit here any longer and have everybody sitting here waiting for something to happen just you know staring at me and I hated it and like I didn't know how to prepare for a birth space back then I really didn't look into anything like that yeah. so we went to the hospital it was about 10 30 and the whole car trip like nothing happened um, and I think that was obviously like a massive indication that I just was not ready to go to hospital. So we got in and they checked me. And when she checked me, she's like, oh, like you're only just two centimetres here. I'll give you another stretch. So she just went in for it and I was like, oh, okay. Like at the time I was like, yeah, like just to get, let's get this baby out and without realising, you know, the repercussions of all these tiny little steps that were happening. And they said, how about you go, it's a beautiful day, go for a walk and um, come back in a couple of hours, go get some lunch. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. But they put me on the CTG just to like monitor and they were like, we'll come back in 15 minutes and let you go. So by the time they came back, I was like in quite a lot of pain, obviously, from them stretching as well. So she's like, oh, actually, you know, you can you can stay. We'll give you the biggest room and you can just walk around. So I was happy with that and we went into the biggest room that they had and I walked around and basically, to cut a long story short, I was every couple of however many hours that they um, are allowed to check you, they would come in, check me, stretch me again and remind me that I was only a couple of centimetres. So I kept hearing this every couple of hours but – even though I was only a couple of centimetres, they my pains were just getting worse and worse. So it got to 6 p.m. that night and I was just in so much pain and they came in and checked me and they're like, you know, you're still only two to three centimetres. And um, they were like, how about you go home? We'll give you some uh, Panadol and you can go home and have a bath, you know, relax and then come back when things start to ramp up. And I was like, yep, get me out of here. I need to leave. But because they put me on the CTG when I first came in, they needed to put me back on just to make sure everything was fine before they could let me leave. So they chucked me on and they came back and they're like, look, baby's heart rate isn't doing too good. Like um, we think you might be a little dehydrated, like you're not allowed to leave now actually. So they put me on some fluids and I think they gave me some Pitocin to induce me a little bit. I cannot remember, but I feel like that is what happened. Within half an hour, my waters broke. (laughs) So obviously I needed some water. I was exhausted from being up so early. And uh, after that, things started to like really ramp up. It was about 10 p.m. that they came in again and I was like, can you check me? Like I'm in so much pain thinking 
okay, we must be getting close. And when she checked me, she's like, you're only five centimetres. At that point, and, 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 you know, it comes with the wording as well, right, you're only five centimetres. Yes, and I was yeah. like, I can't do this anymore. So I had gone so long without having any mm. drugs other than the Pitocin that they, um, I, 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 90% chance they um, gave me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I need an epidural. I cannot do this anymore. So I went from being so adamant on having like a drug-free birth to being like, give me the epidural. I cannot do this anymore. I was just so exhausted. I was so tired. My body was literally, I felt like I was giving up. So they had both of their, what do you call it, um, anesthesis. Yeah. Uh, they were both in surgery. So there was two of them and they were both in surgery and they're like, sorry, it's not going to be for another hour and a half before you can get the epidural. Oh, no. So <laughs> I waited and they finally came, someone finally came and gave me the epidural. And by the time that I had gotten it, I was obviously that close to birthing. Um, you know, they just assumed that I still had hours as well that when they had given it to me, it didn't work. So Mm. I, in my mind, I was like, yep, I'm not going to feel anything, thank God. And I had the epidural and I was like, why isn't it working? Like, we'll give you, we'll give you another dose. So just now all of a sudden I was on the bed and I couldn't move my legs, but I could feel everything still. Um, And it, it was honestly so horrible. I've never experienced anything so horrendous in my life. Yeah. And and for those that don't know, when you have mentally checked out and you want that epidural and they take forever, it is like you're going to die with every contraction. Oh, I, I did. I thought that I was going to die and it got to the point <laughs> yeah. where I was like, so when do you give me a cesarean? Yes, yeah. Like I was like, <laughs> where, like how bad does it need to get? <laughs> like, <laughs> Because I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'll be able to get some rest and, you know. So things were like, yeah, really ramping up. And it wasn't until um, it was about 1 a.m. And she's like, oh, I might just check you. And she checked me and she's like, oh, you're about nine and a half centimetres. Do you want to start pushing? And I was like, oh, my God, thank God. So I started, I I gave one push and she looked over at my mum and she's like, see that big red button on the wall? Can you just press that? So mum went over and pressed this button and within seconds there was like about 20 people in the room Mm. and I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? And then I had my legs going up in the stirrups. I had a doctor in between my legs and it was it just happened so fast. My mum and my husband were like beside me and just holding my hands and being like, it's okay, everything's going to be okay. And I, I did feel safe. Um, I knew that everything was going to be okay, but at the same time it was, like, very, very hectic. Thankfully I had the epidural, even though I know that it probably wouldn't have happened if I did have the epidural, but I did not feel a single thing of what they were doing with, I just saw the forceps come out, go inside. I remember looking down and seeing the doctor pick up. It was like a horror movie. He picked up the scissors and, like, I could just see him at the bottom of the bed, like, with these scissors in his hand. And I thought, oh, no, he's about to give me an episiotomy. Like, I I, I cannot. And, um, yeah, so it took him 40 minutes to pull my baby out of me oh because he kept slipping and it was just so horrendous. And, you know, he was getting cranky with the midwives because they weren't helping him with the forceps. And by the time my son came out... He was so black and blue, uh, like his face. He screamed straight away. He was totally fine. I was totally fine. So what had happened is like his blood pre- um, his 
heart rate had dropped and my blood pressure had also dropped. So they needed to get him out like ASAP. And yeah, he came out screaming straight away. So he was obviously fine. And my blood pressure went up obviously from the uh, epidural. And um, yeah, I had this little baby on me screaming murder. And he, I remember asking, um, how many stitches are you giving me? And he's like, honey, it's just one long one. Okay. I was like, okay. Yeah. So just, you know, one big long stitch. And after that, I, you know, there was no, they didn't come back and talk to me about what had happened. I still was not really a hundred percent sure what had happened. I was just kind of left with like, you know, they kind of all just left because I thought, well, the baby's fine, she's fine, like had that golden hour. But I was just kind of in shock and, you know, looking at my baby, I was like, oh, my gosh, like his whole face, like he had these um, on the, along his cheekbones, obviously where the, uh, the epidural, I'm oh, sorry, the, um, the forceps were, was just like these big cuts along his um, face. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, it was horrible. I had wanted I wanted to get newborn photos, but when I saw his face, I was like, well, we're not going to get newborn photos anymore because yeah. within days he just had these big scabs along his face and, oh, yeah, baby. like bruised, bruised along his face and his head and, yeah, it was so horrible, so traumatic. And I couldn't walk for a week afterwards because they stitched me up so tight that I, yeah, I couldn't walk. I remember when we left and I was kind of like hobbling down the corridor and a nurse stopped me and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, like I've just got stitches. And she's like, oh, okay, and kept going. And, you know, I didn't know at the time that that wasn't actually normal, that, I, yeah. you know, I should have been able to somewhat walk. And even on my midwife checkup, she'd come and I kept saying to her, like, I feel like something's wrong. Like, I'm in so much pain. Uh, like, is this normal? And, yeah, she'd looked at me and she's like, I think he, he stitched you up too tight. Like, don't freak out too much because they will dissolve um, once it starts to heal. And I'm like, that doesn't help me. Yeah, exactly. So then, yeah, that was um, really hard. And I think because of how traumatic it was I kind of just like buried it but your body remembers and I think that that came out eventually Um, I ended up having postpartum depression um, afterwards a few months after I had him I had said to my husband like I'm I'm not okay but I will be like let me sort myself out I'll be fine and like he kind of knew that in the back of his mind but kind of didn't really question it because it was like a don't talk to me about this anymore yeah (laughs) but I went on for the next year the first year of his life was basically a blur um they'd call it like passively suicidal where I wasn't suicidal but I had just you know dreamt of how I would disappear or you know if I wasn't you know I would lay in bed um most nights and think about like how I would run away or like how I would get away or just if I disappeared and all these things. So I kind of went through the first year of his life in a bit of a blur until um, we kind of had one big fight one night and it kind of all bubbled to the surface and I was like, I'm not okay, I think I need help. And I got the help that I needed. Um, I'd done a lot of, kind of took a spiritual turn um, around this point and i done a lot of childhood trauma healing with one of my friends 
and yeah, my life basically took a massive turnaround at that point. And yeah, it was good because it was the help that I needed. I took more of like a, you know, um, alternative route, which was really good. Um, and everybody knew that I was adamant I was never having a baby ever again. Even my mum, she's like, you are not ever allowed to have another baby. Like what we went through, (laughs) even my husband is like, we're never doing that ever again. And we always only ever wanted to anyway. So we were like, yep, like never, ever having a baby ever again. That is so messed up because I thought that my experience was like, um, this one off and I had experienced this horrible event and nobody else, you know, like I just didn't think that that's what happened. And as I would, I would, as I would speak to like more mums, like I, you know, at this point I started to make some more mum friends. We'd actually moved back to the Blue Mountains because of how I was and we needed the support from like our family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I kind of joined a mother's group and some friends that I knew from school. And like as we got talking and I started to talk to more mums and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like you, you also had a traumatic birth? Like yeah, what? it's so common. And yeah, the years went on and I just like started to realize that actually like so many, so many mums have these horrendous traumatic births. And I was like, surely this cannot, this can't be what birth is. Like this cannot be it. So we kind of just went along and, you know, it was the big joke that I would never have any more kids. And one night I had said to, um, one of my friends while we were drinking that I would prefer for my husband to leave than to have <laughs> another child. And so when I finally did fall pregnant with my oh. third baby, they're like, oh, so what him? happened to that idea? <laughs> but before we had fallen pregnant, um, you know, my husband and I would joke like, oh, maybe we should have another one. And I'm like, no, 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 nope, no, never having another one. What is the age gap between your two boys? So when oh, he was about, he was just over two. Yeah, it was okay. nearly two and a half and we were like, oh, should we have another one? And it just became like, you know, it would nearly be daily. We'd be like, should we have another one? And I'd just shut him down and be like, no, it'd be nice, but no, we're not having it anymore. And was that purely because of the trauma you went through? A hundred percent. Yeah, I was like, I'm never, yeah, I was n- like, and because of how it was afterwards as well, yeah. I was like, I don't want to lose myself again. I don't want to experience that and go through the year that I yeah it had because I think that was the worst of it like being left just kind of like I felt broken Mm. and uh, yeah so we ended up getting to a point where Jake was like look I want another one so it's up to you and I was like oh god (laughs) okay (laughs) I had gone away for the weekend and spent it with my best friend and um I was like I'll stew over it over the weekend and I'll come back to you and give you my answer and this is going to be it we don't talk about it anymore so I'd gone away and I thought about it and I was like, actually, I feel like I um, do want another one, but if I do, I'm not going to the hospital. So I went back to him after that weekend and I said to him, I want another one, but I'm not going to the hospital. I'm having a home birth. And he was like, that's fine, babe. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. And I think that reassurance of knowing like, okay, cool, like he's on board with me, he understands why I don't want to go. Like I don't even have to explain it to him. He was like, yeah, that's fine. Was there anyone around you that had home birthed by that stage that you were sort of drawing inspiration from? Like how were you kind of exposed to it? 
Not really, actually. I think I just had like an inner knowing of like this isn't how it's supposed to be. Yeah, so then we started trying straight away and again um, I fell pregnant basically straight away. I think I had um, a cycle and then my I fell pregnant um, after that because I fell pregnant as well so quickly and I was like this is my third baby. Um, the first kind of 12 weeks were really uh, – I. I didn't really talk about it much and I haven't spoken about it much either to um, my family and friends, but like I was so nervous and anxious throughout those first 12 weeks because I was like, I cannot be this lucky to have three pregnancies come to full term without, you know, having a loss of some kind because I knew so many people around me that had lost and I felt guilty as well. It was like this guilt eating up inside me that like, um, but every single time I went to the toilet, I would prepare myself for blood. Um, I was just like that certain that I can't be this lucky and mm. yeah. Um, and I am super blessed as well. Um, you know, I really feel for anybody that has gone through loss. Mm. So you've made this decision that you're going to home birth. What were some of the things that you did in the lead up to your birth to get prepared or educated? Well, so we started to look into home birth and uh, we knew that either I get onto the MGP program which is the midwifery group practice program um, and they you know you can have a home birth with them or I hire a private midwife so that was basically our first step as soon as I found out I was pregnant um, like I'd gone to the doctor and you know done all the typical things I was still kind of like had my foot in that more like hospital um, setting until you know it's kind of just evolved throughout my whole pregnancy mm-hmm. yeah so I found out that I was pregnant and applied basically straight away I wasn't even four weeks yet and I just had in my head I was like well I'm gonna get onto the program so it's fine like it's good we don't have to pay for it like it's just gonna all be good mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't really think much of it until I got to 12 weeks when I got a message saying that I was unsuccessful and hadn't gotten on mm-hmm. And I had the biggest crisis. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I started, like, frantically researching all the local midwives and there was, like, three in the area. So I emailed them all straight away and I'm, like, in a panic and I basically get emails back within a couple of hours from two of them saying, like, we're so sorry, we're booked up for March, Um, you know, good luck with your pregnancy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I like, you know, it's left too late now. I'm not going to get a private midwife. Like, what am I going to do? At this point, I didn't know that there was also other options. But uh, I luckily I had like a day of just like bawling my eyes out. And then the next day I got a call from who ended up being my midwife, uh, beautiful Rachel Meredith um, from the Illawarra. She called me and she's like oh like you're really lucky I um I didn't have my March books open because I was supposed to be going to America but because with everything going on um I've opened it back up because we can't go amazing and I was like thank the lord so she came over for the interview and we clicked straight away I was still seeing a doctor at this point and um I was like I don't know how all this works like how do I you know where do we go from here And I had also said to my husband, like, I'm not going to jump into it with her if I don't click with her. Like I had kind of done a little bit of research and, um, you know, knew that midwives can also, like private midwives can also sometimes sabotage your birth um, if they are, you know, quite medically inclined. 
So I had that in the back of my mind. But as soon as I met her, I was like, she is amazing. She was very evidence-based. She was a little bit more on the alternative side as well. So I just clicked with her straight away and I messaged my husband. I was like, I found it. Like, it's done. And she told me I had to get like a referral for my doctor. So I'd done that. And when I got the referral for my doctor, she was so like, luckily she gave it to me because I was a little bit unsure whether she was going to. And um, yeah, she's like, oh, like what makes you want a home birth? And I was like, well, I don't want to go through what I did with Luca because she was actually my doctor with Luca. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, so what happens? Like, what happens if, you know, something goes wrong? And I was like, well, you transfer. (laughs) You know, the hospital's there if I need it. That's the whole point of it. Yeah, and, I mean, look what went wrong when you were in the hospital. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I kind of went on my journey with um, Rachel and it wasn't until she started coming over and, you know, I started to, you know, listen to podcasts and listen to other women's stories like I listened to your podcast and some other ones and started to listen to more stories and it really validated like why I was choosing to home birth and that the same story it was like you know becomes predictable sometimes in the hospital so uh I was like this I made the right decision this was really good and I think it just really equipped me with so much more information and uh Rachel would come over and we would sit there for like an hour. So like my my midwife appointments were me and her sitting, drinking a cup of tea and talking about, you know, the politics of the hospital and, you know, birth stories and evidence-based research and I would just question her about stuff and she would tell me about her experiences in the hospital and I just learned so much through those appointments and it was really like beautiful. I loved sitting there having those conversations with her throughout my pregnancy. And then, you know, like 10 minutes before she left, she'd like check my blood pressure and check baby's heartbeat and then she'd go and I'd be like, okay, I'll see you in a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was such a beautiful, like it was so beautiful to experience it that way. And every single time something come up, she would give me it in a choice, which I never thought that I ever had because I always just done what I was told. So she'd be like, oh, like, do you want to get your eye and unchecked or, you know, you've got this? And I'm like, no, like, I think I'm sweet. Like, I don't really want to get it. She's like, that's fine. Uh, So for the first time ever, I was like presented with everything as a choice. And yeah, so it was really nice to know that I was you know in control of my pregnancy and that kind of opened a door as well and I started to realize that uh you know when we give our power over to somebody else we lose so much intuition and um you know just have trust that like a third party is going to know what's best for you know our body or our baby so it really started to this um this journey really took a turn which I didn't expect it to and um you know, I, I've started to realize that birth was such a like, you know, spiritual thing and that it can be really beautiful. So on to when I, yeah, I basically had a beautiful birth. I mean, sorry, a beautiful pregnancy as well. I So at this point, I actually started listening to Free Birth Society, which oh, was awesome. actually, I think it was one of the best things, even though I wasn't, I had never heard of um, free birth until I was about, you know, 25, 26 weeks. And uh, 
because somebody had mentioned it to me and I was like, oh, yeah, free births. It's so dangerous. <laughs> and then I actually started like listening to these stories and I was like, wow, I get it. I get yeah. like I get why women choose to free birth now and listen to all these beautiful stories. And I think that was like the catalyst of where I went and I truly started to understand what birth was and how important it is. Uh, so that was one of the big things. But I had gone to a calm birth course actually with my husband and that was very validating because the beautiful, I can't remember her name, it was down in Berry, and she was really beautiful. She'd had home births as well and um, we were the only couple there that had had kids. Everybody else was first-time parents and it's a very validating uh, experience. It was a little bit hard listening to everybody basically trying to prepare themselves to not be traumatised in the hospital, mm-hmm. which I think that's one of the, you know, you can only know until you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the kind of only course that we had done. It was good for Jake because I think he finally found out things that he could do for me as well through the labour. You know, we kind of learned some really good techniques of how he could be useful because, you know, in the hospital births that we had had, it was basically like him sit in the corner and basically starve and dehydrate. <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, by the time the baby's born, he's like white as a ghost because he hadn't eaten. He's like, I just didn't want to leave the room. <laughs> Bless him. So was he getting excited for the birth as well during this process? Yeah, he was He was so great. He learned with me through the whole journey and he was so on board, which was so great. And, like, you know, we'd find something out and be like, see, this is why we're having a home birth. And, <laughs> you know, he'd talk to his other mates and, you know, they'd be really intrigued in what we were doing and, like, you know, can't wait to hear the story of, like, how it goes. And um, he is now a very big home birth advocate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So should we go back to the end of your pregnancy and that first sign of labour starting? Yeah, so about um, when I was around 39 weeks, I started to like really deflate and I had like envisioned up to going up to, you know, 42 plus weeks. I was like, I'm not going to get to 40 weeks and like wish this baby out of me. Like I'll be fine. Like I envisioned 42 plus, um, it'll be fine. And I got to about 39, I would like, I was like, I'm so done Luckily, my good friend Zoe is a massage therapist and she gave me a massage and kind of like brought me back into my body and I really think that that helped relax me again Mm -hmm. and I felt so much better. I was like, yep, I can totally do this. Like, you know, when the baby comes, it comes. So a week later, um, I it was my due date actually and I had messaged her and I was like, I have this feeling that I'm going to give, like going to labour tomorrow. She's like, you know what, I actually think you are too. She was actually one of my birth, um, she was on my birth team. She was going to be there. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of started to prepare myself. I was nesting a little bit and, yeah, it was really funny how uh, – my birth with my labor with Luca and my um, the labor that I just had, it was so similar. So, again, it started like super early in the morning. I kind of woke up and those first like twinges of, you know, some period like cramping. And I laid there and I was like, oh, I wonder if it's just like maybe I need to poo. So I was like, I'll wait until I need to get up and, you know, maybe it's just a poo pain. Like it's fine. Don't want to like get too excited. So I got up and I went to the toilet and I jumped in the shower. It was about 6 a.m. at this point and um, 
yeah, they were still there when I was in the shower. And I was like, okay, so this isn't poop pains. There's, you know, something going on. And I just was like, I'm going to go about my day normal. I'm not going to, you know, get too excited. If they stay, they stay. If they go, they go. So the kids both had school that day. So I just got up, done, you know, our normal morning routine of breakfast, packed bags, and I had called my husband and said, look, I don't want to excite you. I just want to prepare you. I'm going to take the kids to school, and when I get back, I'll let you know if I'm in labour or not because I think this is the first signs that's like it's starting. And he's like, okay, because he was in Sydney, so he needed to drive back down. And I took the kids and I'd only had like a couple of little cramping in the car. So I got home and I was like, I actually think that this is, you know, this is happening. So I had messaged Zoe and um, asked if she could come over and told my husband as well. And he's like, all right, I'm going to leave now. So he drove back home and Zoe came over and braided my hair for me. Actually, before she came over, I put some music on like super loud and I like saged the whole house. So I was like, I'm just going to cleanse this whole space. And I danced around the house and it felt so good. And I was so excited. And, you know, this nice feeling of knowing, like preparing my space and knowing that I didn't have to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So Zoe came over and she braided my hair for me and we went down to the Harbor and got some breakfast and we walked along the water. And I think this was like one of the best things that I'd done because I remember staring like, you know, these early stages of labor where I was feeling like these little cramps and I was just standing there at the edge of the water watching. It was such a beautiful day too, watching the water like come in and out and I was like visualize this moment like you will need this later and watching the water go in and out and I was like that's what my surges are going to be like you know they come and they go and you know I breathed in the salt air and it was just such a beautiful moment and I really needed it because I did use that later on and really like preparing myself for what was to come so we went home and Zoe dropped me off and my husband Jake was there so I was like, I think I just want to go for a walk. Like, how about we go down to the the square, um, the shopping centre and go get some lunch and we'll just have like some, like, you know, do some window shopping. And he's like, yep. So we went down and got some lunch. And by the time we had finished lunch, I was just like so overstimulated, like the bright lights, the sounds, the people. And I was like, I was ready to kind of like go into my dark nest. Mm -hmm. So it's like, actually, I just want to go straight home. So we went home and I put on Cody Ugly and sat there on my ball mm-hmm. and closed all of the blinds and sat there in like, you know, as dark as I could get the house. And like Jake just kind of like left me and I had messaged my mum and my best friend who were also, they had to come down, um, make the three-hour trip. So I let them know and I was like, look, I just want you to get here before the kids finish school so you can go and get them so Jake's with me. And uh, so they were making their way down and Zoe had come back over as well. And as I forgot to mention, my husband, when I had gotten home, he was like, I've strained my neck actually at the gym this morning. (laughs) So he's like half injured and he like couldn't move his head from side to side. And I was like, of course you have, like, of course you have. So when Zoe came over, she's there like massaging him while I'm like bouncing on the ball, like (laughs) (laughs) I was like I should be getting the massage yeah Yeah, so um 
yeah, when my mum and my best friend came, they went and picked the kids up. They took them out to a park after they'd finished school so we could just still have that, like, little extra amount of time um, to ourselves. And in that time, Zoe had gone upstairs. I had already, like, decked out my room. I had put up, like, all of my birth affirmations. Um, I put fairy lights up. So we had a really big room. Like, we had a king-size bed and was still able to fit our birth pool and we had the ensuite and, like, a few other things. So it was really good. It was a really big, good space. And, yeah, just she put little lights everywhere and got music and... So when I was ready to go up, um, I could just go into this beautiful little space. So when the kids got home, they were like so excited. I sat outside and it was starting to get, you know, the sun was starting to set and was so beautiful, like having these surges, you know, they started to get a little bit more intense as, you know, time went on and my kids were like running around and talking to me about their day and what they had done at the park and eating their happy meals that they had brought home. And I remember like we had this beautiful hill at the back of our house and as the sun was starting to go down, I just remember looking at the, the cows on the hill and just really taking in like this, the stillness. And that's like my favourite time of the day as well. And I was like, I think I'm ready to enter my cave. So, like, I kind of snuck away from the kids before they had noticed and went up into my bedroom as things started to get a little bit more intense. And, you know, this time it wasn't painful. It was just intense, you know, like it was more of an intensity rather than a pain. And I think that that was also a testament to me in changing, like, my mindset of that my body was working for me and not against me. So... Yeah, I went into my room and my husband had come in and my best friend was there and she was doing like the pressure points and um, I got to a point where I was kind of like, I think I just need to get out. Actually, I need some fresh air. So my mom was downstairs with the kids and I like snuck out of the house with my husband. We, We lived on a really steep hill. So we walked to the bottom of the hill and there was a little bit of a park there. So it was starting to get dark and the streetlights had just started to come on. By the time we got to the bottom of the street and we're at this park, we got to this park bench and I was like bent over this park bench, like really starting to like grunt and moan. (laughs) And I remember like looking out and being like, wow, look at how beautiful the sky looks. And again, like just like taking everything in and my husband's like, all right, Taylor, like, let's go back now because you're starting to like <laughs> get a little loud and there's people just out doing their afternoon walks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I, I, I really needed that. I think that that really helped move things along as well. So we ended up going back up the hill and it took a minute to get up that hill again. <laughs> By the time we got back into the house, I was like really starting to, but in my mind, I was like, I've got hours. Like I'm probably not going to have this baby until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was really preparing myself for the long haul and I'd, um, I had tried to put off having a shower as well because I wanted to make sure I didn't have any pain management until I really needed it. But once we got back from that walk, I was like hot and sweaty and I was like, I just need a shower. So I jumped in the shower and stayed in there for a little bit, which was really good. I got out and I just kind of felt like I needed something else to help move on because my contractions were so irregular, just like they were with Lucas. Mm -hmm. And I kept having these moments of like nostalgia, like this is what, this is where I was at with Luca, but this was happening. And I just kept having like these 
moments like they were so similar Mm. and I think that was really healing in a way as well because it was like I got to experience how it should have been I suppose so I got out of the shower and um, I felt like I just needed like something to help him kind of move further down into my pelvis so I got Zoe to use a rebozo and um, yeah she kind of like every surge that I had she'd you know pull up and it helped so, so much and that really started to ramp things up. But I And I knew that I was starting to get to that like stage when I looked around and, again, everyone, my husband, Zoe, Amy, my mum all standing there looking at me <laughs> and I was like, get out, like everyone needs to get out. Yes, I love that because you can stall labour if you're feeling observed, right? Yeah, definitely. And everybody had like their roles so like Zoe Amy my best friend and my mum I had actually printed out like their roles and what I wanted from them and what they weren't allowed to do I had had like you're not allowed into the room with any negative energy like I really went deep hey yeah, I love <laughs> I went, it I went for it <laughs> like no one was allowed to wear perfume like there was so many things that I was like no one is allowed to talk like if you're gonna talk to, amongst yourselves like you need to leave the room so it was just ended up being Jake and I and you know we had some cuddles and some kisses and it was like really beautiful but things really started to ramp up and I had also said I didn't want to know the time. I didn't want to know, um, like, if anybody was counting my contractions, I didn't want to know about it. I didn't want to hear, like, any type of number. Like, there was just to be no, no numbers um, thrown at me. I just wanted to be so in my body and I really started to go there. And I remember um, getting to the point of, like, oh, that's right, sorry, I needed to go to the toilet. I kept doing like regular wees and I'd gone to the toilet and it was like a full body cleansing. Like every single thing inside of me like left me. Like there was, it just was the most insane poo that I have ever done in my life. And I was like, oh, this is what they talk about. Like you're literally, your body is getting ready to birth and it is getting everything out. And after that, it was like, full on all of a sudden I was bearing down like it just went from zero to 100 so quickly and I remember looking up and being like why am I pushing like why my body's pushing like what is happening Mm -hmm. because in my mind I was like this is not happening for like hours and hours and like I'd never experienced that before with my my other two so this all these sensations were so new to me and um yeah I just kind of let my body take over and do its thing My midwife wasn't there yet and I think that I go back through my messages of Zoe messaging her being like, I think it's time. She's like, oh, no, no, she's got hours and then she's like, actually, like she caught her and she's like, look, she's like pushing. (laughs) She's like, oh, I'll I'll be there in like 25 minutes because she lived um, like half an hour away. We still hadn't even set up the birth pool. So by the time she got there, it was about 9.30 and um, she looked at me and she's like, Taylor, do you still want me to do the pool? And I was like, yes, like give me the pool. I want to get in. Because <laughs> like, she obviously, she looked at me and she's like, wow, she's going to actually like have this baby really soon. So she blew the pool up as quickly as she could, but she's like, do you want to hop in while we fill it up and I'll just run the water over your back? And I was like, Yes. But before I jumped in, I just was like, I'll just wee before I hop in because I didn't want to wee in the pool. And as I stood up, I felt like this 
um, like this wetness in between my legs and I just reached down and I had the mucus plug in my hands, like basically the full thing covering my hands. And I just remember like looking up at everybody and be like, oh, here's my mucus plug and like threw it into the, <laughs> threw it into the toilet and got into the pool. Like, <laughs> and so I jumped into the pool and it was so nice having the water run over my back and I was just on all fours and, you know, just grunting through um before I actually before I jumped in it got so intense that I needed to like stamp through the surges it was you know getting quite intense and I one of the biggest techniques I think that I used was I just kept telling myself to soften so and I I found that out through the calm birth course as well it was like you know if your body's tensing obviously you're going to prolong your labor as well so like you know your facial um expression your shoulders your hands even like you know clenching your hands so I every single time I found myself like screwing up my face or having my shoulders tensed or whatever it was, like I would like soften, soften, soften. And I feel like that really helped as well. And each surge as well was like just soften to it, soften, like don't, you know, squeeze in kind of thing. So that really helped. And, yeah, once I was in the pool, it kind of – I've got the whole thing on video, which was really good. Um, so from the moment that I got into the pool until I gave birth, it was like 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> so I hopped in and – um, by the time that the water had kind of like come up to a decent amount, I had turned around and was just kind of, you know, you hear of like your body just giving you that last rest. Yeah. So it was like my contractions were coming so quickly. Like I had like no break in between them before this, but then I like had turned around and I had like a few minutes of just nothing. I just remember laying there. Um, my husband like was behind me. And I, it was just like quiet for so long and I just sat there taking it in. It's like, okay, I think this is, it's going to be like here really soon. And I had like one surge while I was laying there and I was like, this isn't comfortable. I need to go back on all four. So I turned around and I thought I might just feel and see what's going on. And I felt inside and I could feel the, the bag of waters, which was one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had, like being able to feel my, my waters and I said to Rachel, I was like, I can feel. She's like, what do you feel? I was like, I can feel my waters. At this point, my best friend had gone and got my daughter because she also wanted to be there. And so she was sitting there as well. And um, then I gave a push. And actually, I had, because I was pushing, like, you know, that bearing down feeling, I had never experienced it before. I remember thinking, like, what if something's wrong? Like, am I supposed to be doing this right now? Like, oh, like I had this, confidence. you know, I did. And I was like, maybe, the, the, you know, my body is, like, wrong. Like, is this really happening? And I remember saying to Rachel, like, would my body be pushing if it wasn't ready? And she just beautifully said to me, like, gave me that confidence that I needed. She's like, just, just do what your body is telling you to do. Mm. And I was like, okay, and I got myself back together and, you know, I started pushing with my, you know, these bearing down pushes and that's when my waters popped and within five minutes I could start to feel him come down and I was like, he's coming and I looked around and my son wasn't in the room. So I was like, somebody go and get Luca because they both wanted to be there. 
and I had prepared them as well. They had seen like all the nitty gritty um, home birth videos. My son was actually obsessed. He'd come home from school and be like, mom, I want to watch the babies be born. So he was obsessed and I, you know, prepared them for like blood and, you know, all the sounds and everything like that. And I all of a sudden was like primal. The, the you know, animal sounds that started coming out of me were like so intense and I was so loud and uh, I remember swearing actually like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And at the time I didn't know because our bedroom had a balcony on it and the screen door was open but I didn't know because it was quite a hot night and my next door neighbour was actually in her bath, having a bath and she heard the whole thing because I was like everyone will be able to hear. (laughs) But, yeah, the next day she ended up saying to me, she's like, I listened to the whole thing while I had a bath and, um, yeah, so here I am like, screaming the hell it wasn't like a scream like you know roaring yeah um this baby into existence and it was I remember feeling him come down again another feeling I hadn't ever experienced and his hand was kind of up to um beside his face so he kind of sat there for a little bit and Rachel just kind of like slicked his hand out and I thought, because I could feel that she was behind me, but I thought that she had started to pull him out, but it just kind of came so quickly. And I was like, Rachel, like thinking like, don't touch me. <laughs> and then she just said to me, she's like, Taylor, reach down and grab your baby. And I like looked down and there's this little baby there and I just pulled him up and I was just like in shock because like I said, I just didn't expect it to happen so quickly. And you know, that I'm crying, my husband's crying and my daughter's like so excited and um, yeah, he started crying and it was just the most incredible thing. My, I could hear my mom in the background being like, oh my God, well done, well done. Oh. And I looked at my husband and I was like, I done it. And he was like, you're incredible. And um, yeah, it was just the most beautiful experience that I have ever had in my life. And I, when I sat down, after I had him, I just remember this like in- incredible pain. I finally got pain of like my sacrum. It was like on fire. And I was like, for sure, like I have torn. Like, you know, when they talk about the ring of fire, like I'd always, always been told about it. My mum had always said it to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally understand what you're talking about, but never knew mm. <laughs> until, you know, his head was coming out. And I was like, I have torn from like front to back, like the whole thing is just torn open. And everyone's looking like he looks like a big baby. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally torn. Like it's, you know, but there was no blood in the pool. There was nothing. And I kind of sat there for a bit and I was just in so much pain from my sacrum. Obviously, you know, that's what happens. It moves and, you know, it's a little bit painful. Yeah. (laughs) So I sat in the pool and I was like, I just want to get out. After a little bit, you know, after that, you know, um, overwhelming experience, I, the backup midwife had actually kind of like popped in as well. Um, prior to that, I had said to Rachel, I didn't want her in the room because I didn't know her and I'd never met her and I didn't want any strangers in the room. So she had actually stayed downstairs the whole time until I actually birthed. Oh, yeah, so that was really good that she like respected those wishes that she didn't come in. And, uh, yeah, I moved to the bed and um, – I my placenta came about an hour later, um, which was really nice. I had I don't know if you've heard of blissful herbs. I had a couple of her tinctures. Yeah, so I had a couple of 
yeah, Julie Bell. Yeah, she's incredible. I had I bought the um, like home birth kit. Mm-hmm. So I had like three tinctures and I had like all this random stuff. So there was like the no bleed tincture and the placenta release tincture. So I'd taken both of those just to be sure kind of thing. And yeah, let the placenta come when it was ready. And we kind of, um, you know, I got into bed and everyone knew they, they had their roles. Like my mum had to take the kids downstairs and they made a cake and, um, you know, they came back up afterwards to have their first cuddles. But like everybody was to leave to kind of like let me just have a minute. Yeah. Zoe had kind of made me some toast and like a, a cup of tea, like one of the herbal teas, and we kind of just like sat there and created our little nest afterwards, like exactly what I would kind of wanted um, before they started like cleaning up the pool and stuff mm-hmm. so that was also like really beautiful and um, Rachel checked me and she's like you've got no tears darling like there's absolutely nothing here amazing and I was like well, are you sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once we actually uh, once my placenta came out and I you know felt like I wanted to go for a shower I think I just needed to like have a breather like a moment to myself like you know it was still kind of in darkness I had a shower actually in the dark and um, yeah, once we had, you know, we'd done the cord tie and, you know, then Jake had some skin to skin and the kid started to have a cuddle while I had a shower. And I remember being in the shower and being like, I felt, and I was like, why does, why does it still feel normal? Like I swear with the other two, like it felt so like swollen and sore. And I was like, wow, it still feels like it feels completely back to normal and I just gave birth like what I'm so confused (laughs) expecting to have this like you know because of the episiotomy of the last one I just expected there to be like horrendous pain still and yeah it was it was totally fine and yeah I got out of the shower and just kind of lapped up our little love bubble in my comfortable bed and um you know my mom had taken the kids back to bed and then it was just basically Rachel, my best friend, and Zoe sitting on the end of my bed with me and Jake um, just kind of debriefing the whole day and the birth and we just, you know, talked about birth and, um, yeah, I think Rachel just kind of like hung around a little bit until, you know, however many hours she's supposed to stay for. Can I just quickly ask, what was it like for your hubby to witness this birth? Because he obviously would have experienced his own trauma from your previous birth. So was this as healing for him as it was for you? Yeah, I think it was so healing for everybody, like my mum and Jake, because they had also experienced like these two pretty traumatic births. And, you know, especially my mum, I think that that was really beautiful for her to experience because she had her own. I was very... I really didn't want my mum to sabotage my birth in any way. So she actually wasn't allowed in until I was birthing because she, she was very unsure about me having a home birth and she was very fearful. So I was very, um, I made sure that, you know, she wasn't going to bring any of that in turn. I, I was trying to teach her along the way as well, but afterwards, you know, she was just amazed and went back to bed and we just sat there and yeah, my husband was just like, I think, he was just like um yeah he was in awe and he just thought that I was the most incredible human in the world like you know as you do so yeah he was writing you know we were in my room and it was just like this beautiful you know 
high experience that we were all you know running on and it was yeah it was truly like magical and at about 1 30 um everyone left and it was just Jake and I and our baby oh before, after I had him I forgot to add um my daughter we wanted her to have like a role in the birth so she was the one to tell us what we were having so when I had him and, you know, we were like, Rosie, like, do you want to come and see, like, you know, what your new baby is? And I had actually felt, so I knew, like, I didn't experience that, like, oh, my God, it's a, because I felt, and I just, like, knew. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, she came over and she's like, it's a boy. And everyone was like, oh, my God, another boy. So that was really beautiful that she got to do that. So, yeah, then after everybody was gone, we just kind of laid in bed and I sat there just, you know, on this biggest high of my life like yeah. you know once you finally experience it you're like wow I you know it makes sense why so many people go back after yeah. you know having I actually even as as healing as it was and as beautiful it was I actually had to go through um a bit of my own like grief in the sense of that I felt a little bit robbed of the birth experience with the other two you know having my third baby and being like I didn't to experience this beautiful feeling with the other two mm-hmm. um so I actually had like these stages of grief as well and I had to work through that afterwards um but I didn't leave my room for like a whole week I just stayed naked with George um we ended up um naming him the next day um we named him after my grandfather who passed away a couple of years ago so oh, beautiful. my beautiful healing baby George he just had his first birthday oh, wow. so yeah. How was your postpartum in comparison to your last two? Oh, gosh, it was just so much better. <laughs> just being at home, I think, like, I, you know, was just in my own space and the best thing, and I tell people this all the time, like, the best thing about having a home birth is, like, no one's coming in every couple of hours and, like, mm. waking you up with all these tests and these noises and you're not sharing a room with anyone, like, you're in your own bed. Like it, that was the best thing. I think I really got some good sleep that night because um, even though I was like on this high, I couldn't sleep for a while, but and not worried that someone was going to come in and be like, Hey, you can't sleep with your baby in the bed. Like, mm. um, yeah, it was just like the best, best feeling. And I think because I really just stayed in my little bubble as well, like everybody knew I, we actually had a rule of um, we had set it out on like our socials that nobody was allowed to touch or hold him for the first 30 days. Yeah. We wanted to really make sure that uh, we were bonding with him. So just Jake and I and the kids and that, you know, you know, babies come into the world and they're just like overwhelmed with all these senses and smells and, you know, different touches and, um, you know, their nervous system is so out of whack and I feel like, so many people hold babies so often that, you know, they don't have time to adjust. So we really wanted to make sure that he could adjust to his environment, um, you know, just without touch and smell yeah. before anybody else kind of, um, you know, overwhelmed him. I love that. So we really didn't have many visitors. Like Zoe had come over and I had said, like, if I feel like I need to entertain you, you're not allowed over. Yes, <laughs> so, love it. And if I don't feel comfortable with you seeing me naked, you're not allowed over. (laughs) So my first, like, month of, you know, uh, postpartum was really, really good. I 
my husband had only had a week off work, but so I had done like, you know, the school drop off and things like that. And I would just, you know, drop my daughter off and pick her up from the pickup bay and stuff. So I didn't have to get out of the car very often. And I really like embraced that full on like messier. Like I didn't feel like I needed to put myself together. And anyway, it's like, I feel like we too often, um, you know, push mums to like, pretends that we didn't just do this incredible amazing experience and I feel like that really plays a part in our postpartum as well like I learned a lot through postpartum because of what had happened with um you know Luca and my postpartum depression so I was like taking all the steps to make sure that my mental health was at its best and yeah, I was like unapologetically setting boundaries and doing all the things of like, I, I just didn't care what anyone thought. I was like, well, this is my body and my baby. So yeah. yeah. I love that. We've all got to learn that it's okay for us to set boundaries. Yeah. So looking back at your entire journey, what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there? I think the biggest thing that I could probably, my biggest advice is just to, especially young mums, like we are so unsupported and just to do the work Mm. and not so much in, you know, learning about birth and all those things, like do the inner work and find out, you know, what you truly want and how you want to birth and what is most important to you and to work on those fears because our fears come up in birth and um, sometimes I think that we can have our births go that way because we're just so fearful of it. Mm. Um, You know, birth is designed to take us to, you know, the places that we don't want to go, but, you know, we've got to venture there (laughs) to make it, you know, how it should be because it's a rite of passage and it's just, it can be beautiful if you allow it. What an incredible journey you've had. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing it with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so beautiful to reminisce and go back. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, These are some of my favorite stories because you can literally feel the inner growth that happens when someone goes through such darkness. And often it is the darkest days that initiate the greatest growth. This is the perfect journey for my listeners that have experienced any form of birth trauma in the past. Just to remind you that you as a whole, your body and any future babies that you have are not defined by what happened to you previously. You have the power within you to rewrite that story and experience a life-changing birth like Taylor did. I just want to go out by reminding you all that despite how your birth unfolds, as Jane Hardwick Collins says, each birth holds a sacred teaching within it for us to grow from and utilize within our life. And whatever that looks like for you, it's an invaluable lesson. I hope you all enjoyed today's show. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.